are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Wednesday, everybody. You've been listening, you're listening to the Locked On Wildcats podcast with uh, Mike Luke. That's John Schuster. All right. Um, let's talk about, uh, obviously brought to you by First Listen. If you didn't, this is your first listen of the day. Make sure that uh, it happens. All right. We're talking about conference narratives earlier on and about how, uh, like, where is this idea that, you know, like the Big 12 or the Big 10 are these, like, outstanding conferences or whatnot. I'm thinking of the national... What national champion, uh, champions have come out of the Big Ten in the last 20 years? There's a lot of silence there, isn't it? I mean... <clears throat> they've had a lot of teams make runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, well, they, 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 they've had a handful of teams make runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michigan State is a very good program. No doubt, no doubt. You know, no doubt. They're, clearly, they're clearly the class of the conference. Uh, Michigan's, uh, you know, had some success. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, there's there there there's been at least as much unimpressive right. as there has been impressive. I think the Big Twelve is probably the same way. Baylor obviously is a national champion. Sure, Kansas, Kansas is a top is, yeah, four program. Sure. You know, uh, but beyond that, you're looking at teams that are a little bit more sporadic. Frankly, Texas, which ought to be good, is probably an underachiever. So I don't I don't understand where this narrative comes from, though. That you know, like all these great you know these great teams, these great programs that you got to give the benefit of the doubt to. No, I don't have to give the benefit of the doubt to them. I'm not going to give it the benefit of the doubt to them. But joking aside, it does seem like the Pac-12 is held to a much different standard. And I think part of that is frustrating Mm -hmm. and understandably frustrating. And another part of it is that the Pac-12... Up until last yeah, year, sure. didn't no, hold up its end no, of the no, bargain. No, and I get that. I and get so, that. For sure. So, 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 I think the two things play against each other there. If you give the Pac-12 extra, you know, some extra slots and they lay an egg, then you know that's a little glaring. Right. Um, so, unfortunately for this conference, they've laid enough eggs where they need to string together some other performances, but like should, occurred last year. Yeah, in the but tournament. last. I'll give you an idea. Last year. You had four teams in the Sweet 16, what, three in the Elite Eight, one team in the Final Four. But it feels like this year we're back to kind of the same exact thing again, where it's like, you know... um, Yeah, it looks like there's only going to get four bids. Right. And up until this weekend, even Joe Lenardi, who is the chief... like And and, and his his brackets are fine. All the brackets are fine. Mm -hmm. Um, Lenardi didn't have Oregon in the field. Right. If you've spent... Any, right. If you've actually watched, eye tested, and watched basketball for the last three weeks, mm-hmm. how in the hell is Oregon not in <laughs> not the field? In the field right. you know, exactly. How in the hell do you look at that team and say, oh, well, clearly they don't belong? Right. right. Wait, what? Right. Now, Oregon's an interesting example because if Oregon had that record and was in the Big 12, You're the SEC, sure. the oh, ACC, the Big, you know, you know, the Big 10. What would the what would the narrative be? Right. Oh well, you know Oregon's good well, because yeah. they played Illinois. Because close. they played Illinois close. Yes, yeah. exactly. I mean, and 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 here's a team in Oregon. And 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 Oregon right now may be your best example of Pac-10 by a uh, Pac-12 bias, mm-hmm. uh, because here's a team that lost to Baylor by eight. Right. What four or five weeks ago? Right. Um, and and has actually played some people and has clearly improved right. as the year has moved along and is the last four out. Well, if Oregon was in any of those other conferences at this point in time, right. where would Lenardi have them seated? Right. Out of the tournament or in the tournament? And that's a great point. 
Would they be the last four in? Right. Or, or would they be a 10 seed? Or would they be a nine seed? Right. Or something like that. If they're in the ACC with the same record and the same trajectory, they're a nine seed. Right. You know, in the Pac-12, <clears throat> they're one of the last four out. Mm-hmm. Well, all you have to do, I know there's a lot of college basketball out there, but you know what? Maybe watch. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right. I mean, it's not that difficult. It's not also, and it's not like Oregon is a mystery. Right. Yeah. You know, it's not like it's they not haven't. Like this program they, just came about. And that they haven't been successful in the tournament. Right. You know, they haven't made tournament run. That you don't know what they are and how they've progressed. Right. On a consistent basis. Right. You know, it's, but. Right now, I would say, because if you look at Oregon, or, or rather Arizona, Arizona's on the one or two line, they deserve to be there. Mm-hmm. UCLA's on the one and two line, they, up until losing to ASU, they deserve to be there. SC deserved to be a highly favored seed. But not, but Oregon, really? Right. Again, if they were in another conference, I think your point is well made. If they were in another Power Five conference, even two weeks ago, Oregon's in the field, mm-hmm, and, it, sure. and 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 there's a West Coast fee, a West Coast feed or delay, for lack of a better way to put it. It's almost like Oregon has to force itself into right. the field, as far as you know, the Lenardis of the world are concerned. Right. When clearly, for the last month, they've been good enough to belong in the. You know what else is good enough to belong, though? Anywhere it wants at any point. And that would be, hold on, I'm pulling <clears throat> pulling up the screenshot right here, not mm-hmm. the calendar. Uh, let's right. see. That would be... Yeah. Hmm, mm-hmm. this. Let's see here. Is this the... Uh, is this the... Is this our third recording? Yeah, I think it is. Okay, uh, yeah. all right. Uh, Built Bar. Duh. <laughs> Bruna. Wait, 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 wait. He's over here. You went through all... Of that, yeah, that was that was that was melodrama at its best, no, right it, there. It, I was at the edge of my seat, literally and figuratively, waiting for what read you were going to go with, and in the end, you went for Bill Bar. Yes, and you know what? And I feel bad because I see Bruno right now, and he's mm-hmm. probably thinking to himself, "Man, you let me down. I had to leave the room. I'm going to get some water right now." Yeah, but looks- you know what? Bill Bar is not to be consumed by dogs. It's not. But if Bill Bar could be consumed by dogs. Every, You'd have some buff dogs. You would have every pit bull mm-hmm. in the entire world yeah. would be consuming Built Bar. That's but right. you know what? You can only do the human version of pit bulls and Built Bar. That's what we're going to do right here. So make it happen. Built Bar, we'll be right back with you. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. All right. Now, we're going to get into our preview for tomorrow. But right now, you... Uh, you took a lot of grief from me for saying, Jed Fish, I'll give him an F. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, you know what? I have no problem with what you said because <laughs> it was straight on the field. But you know what? It makes for interesting uh, uh, argument. Uh, it makes for hilarity, yeah. But Tommy Lloyd, mm-hmm. I would assume he doesn't get an F. That would you. be correct. Okay, what does he get? Uh, he gets uh, 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 D minus. No. <laughs> <laughs> we, we grade hard in these parts. <laughs> We really do. Right. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, if there's such a thing as an A+, I would suggest that Tommy L- yeah. Lloyd is in that he, uh, he deserves is it. in that category. Right. Yeah, he's been... He, uh, obviously, the way that he presents himself, the, the way when, that he's been able to create a chemistry, build a chemistry, and get his style of play uh, in line and have a lot of the, the, the players buy into it has been good. And frankly, the last week or so, you win at UCL... You win against the... The toughest part of the schedule that you have seen this season, mm-hmm. you get the L.A. schools, who, again, are legitimate second-weekend NCAA tournament right. teams, caliber teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and your two leading scorers have off nights in both games. Right. Generally speaking, Tabellus had 18 and 10. That was really good, but there were some, there were some issues that Tabellus had throughout the USC game as well. 
Matherin has had two bad games back-to-back, and you're still winning basketball games. Mm -hmm. You're finding a way to cobble this together. Uh, to continue to get W's, and now you're grinding out W's. Right. As opposed to— Which I think is the question that a lot of people had before with this team is, you know what, will they be able to grind out wins? Everything looks fancy. It looks sexy. You're getting up and down. Are they going to be able to get these wins when it really matters? And you know what? They've shown that they can so far. Basketball doesn't always have to be hard. We've been—that's been our (laughs) mantra all year long. I love that. I love that. (laughs) Do you now? I love that. But sometimes if you can win that way in those uh, difficult games— that's a good thing too. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's a that's a recipe for success. And uh, uh, Tommy Lloyd, in the Arizona men's basketball program, appears to be you know things are things are going well. Obviously, as we uh, get closer to heading down the stretch here, you want Tabellus to be healthy, you want uh, Matherin to get out of his funk, but beyond that, in this pocket, you've had some players rise up at key times to be instrumental to keep Arizona. Uh, favorably functioning. And their bench, they've had three guys on the bench who have contributed consistently. Ballo is the most notable because mm-hmm. with Tabellus relatively sidelined, uh, Ballo getting more minutes, he's averaging 14 points a game and he's a definite presence on the inside who feels more and more, it appears he's more and more confident than every time he takes the floor. Right. He's been the most notable player off the bench. Larson has improved. Uh, and and has been a guy who you don't lose. You lose a little, but you don't lose a lot when he comes in and plays. He's solid and versatile, can play a variety of positions, and 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 while he's not at the level of a starter, he's able to solidify things and plays kind of a grit role. Kyer is the guy who I think is kind of most interesting and the most o- overlooked here because if you look at him statistically, it's not impressive, mm-hmm. but he's an off-the-ball contributor. Right, and he looks and it, another guy too that he just he it, looks like he belongs. It's out not there. that Kyer's going to ever score fifteen a game, right? Okay, and that's what we look. It's not that Kyer's even necessarily going to get five rebounds a game, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or three assists a game, but he's going to defend a guy who can score. He's going to make the pass that leads to the pass. He's going to mm-hmm. do stuff that doesn't show up, but makes you. A better team as a collective. And and Arizona's bench as a whole has come a long way and grown a lot. And I think Lloyd feels very comfortable about when he can go to these guys when some of his uh, top-level players aren't performing at the way we've come to expect. All right. You know what? You don't have to worry about not uh, contributing the way that you expect. And that would be bet online sportsbook. We've already talked about it. You got Arizona coming up. Generally, before we would just say, hey, take the over. You know what? Now, with the way they're grinding out wins, maybe you take a little bit of the under there, John Schuster. What well, do you think? Well, the last, what, two or three times, the under is one mm-hmm. for Arizona. For so sure. that's uh, something to keep an eye on. And, you know, keep in mind, Matherin's been in a funk. Tabellus, uh, you know, has been inconsistent as well mm-hmm. after the ankle injury. And Arizona's aver- been averaging 75 as opposed to 90 points a game of late. And they're also playing great defense. So that's something you might want to look at when you go to the Bet Online Sportsbook. We'll be right back with you. All right, you're listening to the Locked On Wildcats uh, podcast. All right, real quickly, Shu, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna wrap this one up, and we're gonna shoo this one out the door. Actually, we might get another episode in here as well. Um, what is the what is the biggest surprise for you for this Arizona basketball team this year? Defense, right? Collectively, I think it's defense, uh, and and of late. That they're playing a defensive style that is good in the half court and is not necessarily leading to easy transition buckets. Mm -hmm. Other teams have been either, one of two things is happening. 
either, and it may be a little of both. Arizona is not pressing nearly as much as it did right. over the first two months of the season, which I've found interesting mm-hmm. uh, and curious. Instead, they've played a lot more half-court basketball, uh, but they've clearly been effective doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that was indicative. We were, we were not thrilled from a Wildcat basketball perspective that Arizona got arm-lengthed at UCLA a couple weeks ago. Right. But they allowed 75 points and were good defensively in the second half. In the rematch, they gave up in the mid-60s. Mm-hmm. Against USC, they gave up in the mid-60s. Against ASU, I think the score was somewhere in there, high 50s or low 60s. This team is yielding, on average, about 65 points a game. That's a recipe for success. And they're just accidentally good enough offensively to be able to put up 75 or more a game. And even at 75, which is 15 points lower than 90, and obviously that's not something you it's want true. to improve, Arizona's defense has been consistent. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's an area that maybe has... It's, I think it's surprised me that it's been as consistently good up to this stage as it has been. It's been difficult for teams to score consistently against this unit. Okay, we'll be back with you tomorrow breaking down Washington State. For John Schuster, I'm Mike Luke. You've been listening to Locked On Wildcats.